Alright guys, welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Pausing. Going to be getting into the Players' Championship here. We're going to get into a little bit of a preview, um, course preview, get into the topics at each price point range, highlighting the core plays when they come in, going to talk about a couple of fades, and then we're going to show you guys a first look build. But as always, I like to do that quick recap of the previous week. Well, I am recording this as the tournaments are going on. Ryan Brem, outright bet for the uh, Puerto Rico Open, is looking like he's going to win. He has like a six-shot lead. Uh, right now, Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland are in the lead. A lot of you guys that watched the video last week uh, for the Arnold Palmer Invitational know that we have a pretty good week going right now. Scotty Scheffler is someone that we would be cheering for to win. Chris Kirk's another one that we would be cheering for to win. You know, maybe that would happen. Pretty good week. I mean, 95% of the high exposure core plays, the mid exposure and the low exposure plays made the cut. I mean, that's insane. One player made the cut. That's like the first time in forever that I can say that, especially obviously it's a, it's, not a no cut event, which is crazy to have that, you know, good of a week. Uh, there's a lot of six for six lineups across the industry, but 95% um, just from that range is phenomenal. And then 90% when you add into lower exposure plays, which are pretty much just value plays each and every week. So pretty good week there. Hopefully it holds up. Going to be a crazy finish. Like I said, I'm recording this while that's going on. So let's get into the players championship picks here. But we're going to start off with the course preview. So the Players' Championship is going to be playing a little bit harder. Uh, the weather is looking pretty crazy. And we can kind of see based off of the average win score that that's kind of the case. You know, it doesn't really get too high. If the weather is, you know, a little bit more difficult, it might only be, you know, minus 10 under par. Then the cut line is going to be a little bit over par. And I'm kind of expecting that with how the weather is looking right now. So I'll probably play a little bit over par. Might play a little bit like the Genesis Invitational, like the Honda Classic, like the API has. So... Uh, we do kind of have that to worry about as well. But just looking at the course details a little bit more, it's going to be a peak die course design, par 72, Bermuda greens. The green speeds, they're undefined, but they are going to play a little bit faster, probably plus 12 on the stint meter. Uh, a little bit normal course length with uh, 72,000 yards or 7,245 yards, and it is a TPC style course design. Get into the key stats this week. So players that have won have ranked out best in these three key stats. Birdie to bogey ratio, par five scoring, and greens and regulation, which is a little bit shocking. That's greens and regulation rather than strokes gain approach. Pretty much if you're setting yourself up for opportunities, you're not really making bogeys, and thus you're going to be scoring better is what that is telling us. You don't exactly have to convert on those um, birdie putts. Uh, going over the top stat fits, then we got Rory, Colin Moore, Callis, Andrew Shoffley, John Rahm, Mark Leishman, and Patrick Cantley. Now I should start with saying this might change because we are recording this during the Arnold Palmer Invitational. This could change once we add in the data from this week. So going over course history, uh, course history is a little bit key. If you're stuck between tiebreakers, you're going to want to look at the player that does have a little bit better course history. Um, local ties, we got a bunch of players with Florida local ties there. Uh, best in recent form, Justin Thomas, once again, uh, John Rahm, Patrick Hanley, Xander Shoffley, Rory McIlroy, Russell Hanley. This is still based off of the data that we had up until the Arnold Palmer Invitational doesn't include the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Now, guys, the top end of the uh, DraftKings pricing this week is a little bit more risky. You can get the same caliber of plays a little bit cheaper this week, and it's so easy to make a quality build going the balance build. Honestly, the 7K range is loaded with plays that are just as good as some of the 9K price point plays, so you could easily make a solid studs and duds build, and I'll talk about that as we're going on uh, in the video this week. But we're going to start off with the high-tier price point plays. We're going to start off with John Rom. Yes, he's the highest-priced player on the slate, and yes, he... Uh, I guess has left some to be desired a little bit here for people, but he is still the top notch play 
in the field this week. Over the last four years, he's made the cut here, which we love to see. Um, and that being said, I should mention as well that obviously this was the tournament in which COVID ended the 2021 or the 2020 Players Championship early, where Hideki was winning. Uh, it was actually looking like it was going to be one of my better PGA DFS weeks because as it sat, I had six for six across the cut line. The like easy value play of the week was Jonathan Vegas that week, and he was like tied for four. So it was looking like it was going to be a really good week. Hideki was a core play that week. So uh, that was a crazy week, but we don't have that course history to look at. So we are including the 2017 results as well. So that is going to be the H4 stat there. But over the last two years, John Rahm has finished ninth, 12th, which is phenomenal. Then he made the cut the other two years, which we still like to see made cuts. We always like to look and see that ascending form at a course. His course has been getting, or his course history has been getting better, which we do love to see. You can look at the key stats, ball striking first, uh, greens regulation third, Birdie to bugger ratio, second. Good drive percentage, 24th. I mean, that is spectacular. Effective scoring, that 9-5 only stat, 7th in that. I mean, he's really just chucking all the boxes this week. He's going to have another solid finish here at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which was a harder scoring track. Love to see that from John Rahm. He's the second best player in the 9-5 model. Like I said, it's so easy to fit in like studs with the 9K or with the 7K price point range this week that John Rahm's going to be easy to play to pay up for if you choose to go that route. Then looking at Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa is kind of one of those risk-reward type plays because we've only seen him on this course once over the last four years, which was a 41st place finish here, which was last year. That's good, though. We love that, okay? He's a phenomenal staff hit, though, guys. Third best staff hit in the field. Top 10 or better in all the key stats that we're looking at. I mean, that is absolutely spectacular. If you look at his most recent start on tour, it was a second-place finish at the Genesis Invitational. I do like that as well. And then we're going to be looking at Justin Thomas. So Justin Thomas, uh, he took the week off from the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which I like because I, I am going to be a little bit worried about a golfer that's coming in on three straight starts on kind of difficult events. If it's like the Genesis Invitational, the Honda Classic, and the Arnold Palmer Invitational, those are three mentally grueling tournaments. And eventually that, that could hurt a golfer just shot by shot. That could really start to affect them because they're just not into the mental grind as much. So I, I love the fact that he took the week off last week. He is going to be the defending champ here. And this was the, I think it was Thursday. He was the Thursday ad when he struggled. Ended up making the, ended up being a round two shot on pick, round three shot on pick, and ended up winning. He was a round, uh, he was an ad on, I think it was Thursday after round one. Uh, but that was pretty fun to see. That was a fun uh, little tournament that he had. But course history-wise, first, 35th, 11th, and 75th. So four straight make cuts here as well. Love to see that. He's just been a cut maker on tour. Great recent form, best recent form out of anyone in the field. Uh, course history rank is getting knocked slightly because of that 75th place finish, and that's how close some of the course history here is. I mean, it makes sense. It's a loaded field here, guys. The difference between him and someone else is, is not that much. So still, great play. Rates out top player in the 9-5 to five miles this week. Uh, JT, just a phenomenal pick, especially at that price point as well. And then Xander Schauffele, once again, one of the little bit more risk-reward type plays. Uh, GPP only play for me two missed cuts here in a row, but also a second place finish. Like to see that looking at all of his key stats, pretty solid, except for good dry percentage. That's going to be the worry with him. He ranks 97th in that, but all the other key stats that we're looking at are going to be top 25 or better. He has been in some pretty good recent form as well. Fourth best recent form out of anyone in the field, including a 13th place finish two weeks ago and a third place finish at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Now we're going to dip down into that mid-tier price point tier, which is going to be after the 9K range, and going down to the 8K range. All right. So here we go. Like Willie Z, this is what I mean. Like the difference between uh, Colin Morikawa, uh, Xander, someone like Victor Hovland to like Will Zaldorf is not that 
different. I mean, it's it's close. We're kind of splitting hairs, but pretty much the exact same play, just for a little bit cheaper. So Willie Z had a 21st place finish here last year. He's going to be coming in off of a good finish at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll have to see. You know, he could finish plus six on the on the back nine and, you know, maybe not have that great of a finish, but still played well for the most part last week. Um, looking at the key stats, once again, his worry, kind of like Xander, is going to be a good drive percentage, ranks 79th in that. All the other key stats that we're looking at besides ball striking where he ranks 50th is going to be top 25 or better. I'd like to see that from him. Uh, recent form-wise, could be a little bit better, 17th best in the field. Uh, but still, once again, that could be updating a little bit more uh, after the start, after the Arnold Palmer start gets factored into that. But still, ranks out as the third best pick in the 95 mile this week. Really like him as a pick. Then looking at Daniel Berger. So the question is going to be, how is he going to respond now? Uh, you know, he choked away that victory a few weeks ago, then missed the cut. Um, or no, he missed the cut, then choked away that victory at the Houston Open, which we all know he should have won. How is he going to battle back mentally from that, especially at a mentally grueling course? You know, I, I would say he would be a core play because we know that this missed cut was at the Waste Management Phoenix Open was most likely due to a back injury that he had a withdrawal at the um, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, you know, uh, the week prior. We know that that's the reason why, but this is going to be a mentally grueling week. And how do you come prepared mentally after that horrible collapse at a tournament that's going to demand a lot out of you mentally. You know, that's, that's for you to decide for me, he might just be a GPP only play, but at this price point, it's so tough to pass up on him because, you know, pretty good course history, uh, three straight make cuts in a row. We like to see that. Uh, the worry is that, um, just looking at beyond last year where he finished ninth, he finished 67th, 57th, and 65th. You know, those are not the best starts for course history. Other than that, though, great staff hit, top 12 in the field. All the key stats that we're looking at are going to be top 21 or better, which we like to see. So, yeah, Daniel Berger, overall, quality pick, a little bit risky. Uh, Louis Ustazen, I do like as well. So, Louis Ustazen's course history, 41st, 56th, miscut, and second. You know, we like to see that um, recent form-wise. He has been playing better recently, I guess, if you will. Um, two straight make cuts in a row, 30th, 14th. You know, I think that's just what we can expect from Louis is like pretty much just a top 35 finish or better. Um, I'm not really sure we're going to get like a winning upside out of him, but at this price point to most likely get a make cut, I do like that a lot. He has a 72% chance to make the cut at this price point. You know, that's just something I don't think I can really pass up on. Then getting to Billy Horschel. So Billy Horschel, uh, I'm hoping that he doesn't win, and I'm hoping that he kind of chokes, to be honest with you. One, because he's been on my outright betting card for like the past month, and he had been in a position where he was in control of his destiny to potentially win an event, and he's choked every other time. And so if he wins this week, I'll be a little bit salty. But also because there's part of the mental drive of chasing a win. And he would still have that, I guess, mental drive, that mental edge to try to go out and win this week as well because he's going to be a solid pick three straight make cuts in a row at this tournament uh 58 26 37th place finish did miss a cut here in 2017 but once again that's five years ago now um overall a decent staff fit um you know ranks out top 20 in the field a little bit worried about his greens and regulation you know that could be a factor um but that that's kind of it uh still pretty good staff fit really strong recent form 11 straight make cuts in a row um regardless of what his finishes uh at the API, probably going to be a top 20, top 10 finish, maybe a win, you know, up the wait and see, but going to be great recent form still there. Probably bump him up to around seventh best in recent form, which would probably rank, uh, bump up his model rank to about top 18 or so. So at this price point to get a top 20 play, that's, you know, made three straight cuts in a row at this tournament, including a top 30 finish in there. Um, made three straight cuts in a row on tour, on tour with a bunch of top 30 finishes in there. Top 30 staff at, you know, he's really just checking all the boxes in that 8.1 
has a great price point. And now that's actually going to lead us into our first court play. We got Adam Scott here. So Adam Scott, we can just see kind of his recent form really good. Four straight made cuts in a row on tour. We love to see that from him. Um, you know, 4th, 38th, 9th, 10th, 37th, 54th, 5th. And he's playing this week as well, playing uh, good so far. He typically plays better on harder tracks as well. We can see his uh, course history-wise, you know, pretty solid uh, course history. The worry, I guess, would be that's descending recent form. But, you know, three um, out of four starts have been top 15 plays uh uh, finishes are better and overall he's a pretty good stat fit as well uh, don't really have to worry about him as a pick at his current price point at 8.2 on DraftKings he's just is a safe play that also should make the cut and I just I don't really get that price point for Adam Scott this week we can see he has a 70% chance to make the cut this week I love that um, second best course history out of anyone in the field love that as well overall ranks as a top 15 pick in the 9-5 mile this week for me we're both getting safety and upside with Adam Scott this week he's one of those guys who does seem to be on the upward trend of his game as well. It seems like he's been pushing towards a victory, and it could all come together this week at the Players' Championship. All right, so we're going to get back into the low-tier plays. I'm trying to load that up here. Actually, we'll give you guys another core play before we get into that, uh, so let's pull that up. So Matt Fitzpatrick is going to be the next core play. Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to call him Matthew Wolf like I did last week, but uh, Matthew Wolf made the cut, so you're welcome, Wolf. You are welcome. But uh, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is going to be a quality pick as well. Top 15 pick in the 95 mile. For all the same reasons I like Adam Scott, I like Matt Fitzpatrick as well. The thing is he's a price a little bit cheaper. $400 price decrease from Adam Scott, maybe $600, uh, $500, whatever. It's a little bit of a price decrease, and it really shouldn't be. And that's kind of the theme this week is that you can get pretty much the exact same play a little bit cheaper. I mean, what's the difference between, um, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick and some of the other plays that are in the high-tier price point range? Not that much. And we can see just based off his recent form, been really good. Might get another top 20 finish here at the API, so that's only going to help out his recent form. But besides that, a 10th and a 6th place finish. Love to see that from him. Uh, his starts at this tournament have been 9th, 41st, and 46th. So love to see that from Matt Fitzpatrick as well. So uh, he's one of those golfers that's really just coming in in great recent form. And for me, it's just someone that I don't think we can afford to not play this week. So, yeah, Matt Fitzpatrick going to be another one of those guys that I'm going to be going on my way to play. He's going to be a core play this week. All right, so now getting down into the low tier price point here. Guys, there are a ton of plays, and it was hard for me to really um, narrow it down to four players in each price point range, especially in this range. Uh, we got Matt Fitzpatrick there that I already touched on, but we also got Webb Simpson, a defending champ here. And if anyone was paying attention to last year, like I was, because he missed the cut, um, it really came down to one bad shot, a water ball, and it was a mud ball. It was a freaking mud ball on a par five that led to a water shot. It was a good hit, and it just went to the water, and he ended up missing the cut be pretty much because of that one shot. Uh, speaking of which, Victor Hovland and his mom last year causing him to miss the cut. I don't know if you guys heard that story, but Victor Hovland pretty much placed his uh, ball on the back side of his ball marker and then play, replaced it on the front side of his ball marker, and his mom caught it on TV and called him out for it. And then he took the two-stroke penalty because of that and ended up missing the cut because of that. That was insane. And actually cost me a decent amount last year. That was a very bitter pill to swallow, especially when like Justin Thomas, who is a kind of a similar play, uh, staff at wise and whatnot, went on and won. 
<laughs> so that was, that was a little bit bittersweet there, but uh, getting back into Webb Simpson. So course history wise, miscut last year, uh, 16th, first, 16th, you know, pretty strong course history. This is a guy who, you know, the course just sets up well for him. He's not going to be someone that makes that much bogeys. Uh, he's 18th in birdie to bugger ratio, 11th in good drive percentage, 57th in greens regulation, top 25 in ball striking. The problem with him is that his recent form hasn't been that spectacular recently. So for me, he'd probably only be like a mid exposure play, not someone you're loving as a core play, even though he ranks out top five in the nine to five mile this week, because he, he hasn't looked exactly himself thus far on tour. Now, if he's someone that's maybe not getting loved that much by uh, the fantasy golf community, yeah, you might see him on the ownership leverage page, which has been really good so far this week as well. Once again, uh, he'd be someone that would, I would maybe bump up a little bit more if he's getting disrespected. Uh, a little bit by the fantasy golf community, but you know, still a solid pick this week. I really do like Webb Simpson at 7.6 to get a guy of that caliber of a player at this price point range. That's insane. I mean, what's the difference between him and like Brooks Kepka? Like, why is there that price discrepancy, especially when Webb Simpson is a little bit better of a player in regards to this type of tournament in regards to this type of course? That's a little bit strange to me. Uh, getting down to Russell Henley, Russell Henley. Okay, getting back into Russell Henley, he has been a hit or miss option for like the past three years pretty much except for over the past 12 starts where he's made the cut in his past 12 starts he's pretty much just been a top 40 uh, finish or better uh, type of player and we can see it once again top 12 staff in the field i mean look at the key stats ball striking 12th good greens and red relation 23rd uh buried to broker ratio 11th good dry percentage 19th effective scoring 11th i mean that is absolutely crazy so you know, I'm not sure that we want to go out of our way too much with him because obviously he has struggled at this tournament. Uh, two or three straight missed cuts and then a 35th place finish here in 2017. But still, the recent form, six best in the field, the stat fit. You know, he, overall, he's going to be someone that should be a quality play, especially at 7.4. He's someone that, um, you know, easily could have a top 10 finish. Just looking at the staff fit, looking at the recent form, that could easily continue and that could easily trump the, you know, course history that he has. So, Russell Henley at that price point, you know, that's that's highly intriguing. But equally for uh, Corey Connors here, so Corey Connors, of course, history-wise, 7th, 41st. He's someone that also, you know, looking like he could potentially win the API, probably won't, but um, do like that he made the cut there. So he's made uh, two out of his last three starts on tour. He's made the cut there. Um, maybe a top 20 finish, maybe a, you know, victory this week, but... The recent form has been the worry there with him because he hasn't been just all there, especially on the first round. So we'll know a lot what to expect from Corey Connors if he does do well in the first round. Maybe he's someone that, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to pull a Justin Thomas, but he is someone that you could potentially use in round two showdown, round three showdown, if he does struggle in round one, because that'd be a strong indication that, you know, he's probably going to have a much better round in round two. But overall, staff it wise, fourth best in ball striking, uh, greens of regulation, 36, birdie to bugger ratio. Uh, 36, good drive percentage, third, and effective scoring, 33rd. So, you know, still quality pick, still ranks out top 30 in the 9-5 model. And now we're going to get into two core plays for you guys once again. Let's get into them. Oh, it's our boy Jason Kolkrak once again. Um, you know, this is crazy that we're getting him at this price point. So he's a core play last week, was a little bit higher priced up, like an 8 or like a $1,000 discount this week. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, Jason Kolkrak at 7.3 coming in, checking all the boxes. That's, that's going to be tough to pass up. Now he's not the best staff in the field. All right. He's 25th in the field, which could be the worry. Okay. That might be the reason you, you don't make him a core play, but he's definitely going to be someone that you're going out of your way to play at this price point. So over the past year, he's missed four starts or he's missed four cuts, made 21 starts, missed four cuts. Um, 
Nine of them have been top 25 finishes, which is great. Four of them have been top 10 finishes. Recent form has been pretty darn good. So he made the cut at the API. Um, played better on Saturday. He's playing well on Sunday as well. Um, probably going to have another top 30 finish. So, you know, three straight top 30 finishes. Uh, 38th before that first, 54th. So, yeah, Jason Kokrat just playing great golf. Uh, course history-wise, 9th, 47th, 46th. So three straight make cuts in a row. We got a guy that's pretty much checking all the boxes this week at 7.4. I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's highly intriguing. He's someone that has a 66% chance to make the cut at this price point. That is great. Uh, you could easily stack him in there with our next core play, which is going to be... Well, Chris Kirk. So Chris Kirk is a guy that could potentially win the API once again. And if he does, might be a little bit worried about him as a pick because once again, we talk about that mental edge being lost after a victory. It just seems to happen. I guess that'd be a slight worry. But other than that, it's going to be three straight make cuts in a row and three straight top 20 or better finishes, which is spectacular. That's really going to bump up his recent form rank to be a lot better than it currently is right now at uh, 68th. It's going to bump it up a decent amount, and his mile rank will probably bump up a decent amount as well. But still, three straight make cuts in a row at the Players' Championship. Not the best finishes. You do worry about that. 48th, 56th, 46th. That's not the best there. But still, overall, at this price point, to get a guy that has a 63% chance to make the cut, where when he does make the cut, he could give you a top 20 or better finish. That is highly intriguing to me. Uh, Chris Kirk just really coming in, checking all the boxes to get pretty much a value play at this price point. I, I don't really get it, to be honest with you guys, because he shouldn't be that cheap. Um, 7K to put him and Kolkrak into a build, which I'll show you guys later. I, I just like that a lot. And now we're going to jump down into the value tier. The value tier is pretty good as well. So got to bump it up a little bit here. So Brian Harmon. So Brian Harmon has kind of been a little bit hit or miss this season thus far. Um, you know, coming in off of a missed cut, we do worry about that, but had a 14th place finish at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, 65th at Pebble Beach. Also almost won an event, you know, a few events prior to that as well. Uh, of course, history-wise, third, eighth, missed cut, 53rd. So like the upside's there with him. He's a hit or miss option, which I don't say you have to go out of your way to play him. I think really after Chris Kirk, it becomes all a little bit risky. Like we don't have to dip into this price point here. And I think... If we do, we only need to play one of the value tiers or one of the value plays. And Brian Harmon could be that option for you. You know, race out top 44 in the 95 miles and race out as someone that should make the cut. Um, you know, pretty good in good drive percentage, pretty good in birdie to bugger ratio. The problem with him is going to be the potential to maybe hit a couple of water balls because his green and regulation isn't that good. His effective scoring isn't that good. Uh, you know, we're going to want that to be a little bit better, but still top 44 pick in the 905 model as a value pick. I like that a lot. Looking at Keegan Bradley, who's going to have made five straight cuts in a row on tour. Now, they haven't been the best finishes, which you do worry about that. But still, I'd like to see five straight make cuts in a row on tour. Uh, course history-wise, 29th, 16th, 7th, 60th. So four straight make cuts in a row at this uh, tournament. we like to see that. Um, you know, Ranks out 12th in course history rank. Pretty phenomenal there from Keegan Bradley. He's someone that, you know, you're probably not hoping for like a top 20 finish out of there. Um, but like a top 40 finish out of him. You know, just a made cut at 6.9 from Keegan Bradley. I think we can expect that. And that is a decent way of looking at it. And that's why I don't mind uh, Keegan Bradley this week. And then getting into Jonathan Vegas. I already mentioned in 2020, he was like in fourth place, was clearly mispriced. And I kind of think he's a little bit mispriced this week as well. So he's made three straight cuts in a row at this tournament. Uh, third and 44th, or 61st, third and 41st place finished before his miscut in 2017. He's also made three straight cuts on tour. I like to see that. Um, 
Stat fit wise could be a little bit better. His worry is going to be good drive percentage where he ranks 141st. Uh, ready to bug ratio could be better as well. Ranks 98 there. Uh, ball striking is there, 27th, like that. Overall, he ranks out top 32 in the 9-5 mile this week, which you know should point to him making the cut. And then KH Lee. KH Lee is going to have made 10 straight cuts in a row on tour, which is pretty phenomenal for uh, a guy that you can get at 6.3. And he's also a guy that made the cut here last year with the 31st place finish. He actually is an overall decent stat fit, given the price point. I mean, a top 60 stat fit at this price point, can't really pass that up. So the thought process with KH Lee as a play would be kind of, twofold like if you think the norm in gpps in cash is going to be five out of six across the cut line and you are just worried about trying to make a profit you could take the risk with kh lee and just hope for a make cut to then be able to afford to pay up for like john rom and justin thomas you know playing kh lee at 6.3 and hoping for a make cut but scheduling in a miscut cut does help out your five out of six per, or five out of six uh, chance it doesn't help out your six for six percent chance but it does help out you know, your ability to cash pretty much, especially if you get a make cut. Uh, going to get into a couple of fades here, and then we're going to show you guys the first look build. So once again, the fades here are golfers that I think could honestly win, but also their risk is a little bit more risky than some of the other players in their price point range. So sure, if their ownership is really pushed down, where it makes sense to have them in your builds, go for it. But as it sits right now, like Bryson DeChambeau here and Cameron Smith, to me, are a little bit more risky than someone like Daniel Berger and Louis Oosthuizen. Now, Louis Oosthuizen is going to be priced down the lowest here, and that's kind of why I like Louis a little bit better than I do some of these other plays. But we can see Louis Oosthuizen has made three out of four cuts here uh, in a row with a second-place finish here in 2017. Cameron Smith has made two straight cuts in a row, which would you like to see that, but missed two cuts prior to that. Bryson DeChambeau has made three straight cuts in a row, but he is also going to be coming in and not the best, I shouldn't say recent form, but he just hasn't played in a while. So that's going to be the worry. He is citing an injury, which he has mentioned on his YouTube channel a lot. He pretty much is, what it seems like is that he is trying to wait to get healthy for the Masters because it's, he's made it very clear that's like his one goal uh, left on the PGA Tour, or left in golf really, is to win the Masters. That's like his ultimate goal. So I think he's really just trying to gear up for that tournament, which is coming up. Obviously, you want to play in the Players' Championship. You want to defend his title at the API, but that's not his overall goal. And so maybe it's just not there mentally for the Players' Championship. Now, it is a huge purse, and I, you know, he's going to play if he's healthy. Uh, but also, I don't think he's a guy that's going to play if he's not healthy. But either way, I don't really think it's worth the risk. Um, recent form hasn't exactly been there. You know, He missed the cut at the Farmers and then had a 25th place finish at the S2OC, which wasn't all that good because the S2OC – Really not that, you know, it's a no-cut event, and that's really just not that good of a finish there. And then also, the Brooks Kepka match. He looked like shit. So even looking back when Aaron Rodgers carried him in the match, whatever, four or three, whatever it was, you know, he just hasn't looked good in a while. And for his current price point, this doesn't really make sense, especially if we can go with someone like Daniel Berger, who, you know, sure, equally has the same amount of mental risk and possibly injury risk um, at pretty much the same price point, just a little bit cheaper. I think Daniel Berger like, makes a lot more sense who you know, ranks out top seven in the nine to five mile. And then just getting into another kind of similar fade. Um, it's going to be Tony Finau because Tony Finau just as price point compared to some of the other players around uh, his price point range, it doesn't exactly make sense to me. And I'll pull up why. So we already know that like Adam Scott He's going to be a core play. Uh, I think Adam Scott's just going to be a little bit safer than him. I mean, you can kind of see that just based off of the nine to five model. But if you want to go with something that's like risky, but also has upside, I think Briggs Kapka is like equally the same play, honestly, just a little bit better than 
uh, Tony Finau. So Brooks Kepka has made three straight cuts here at this tournament, but has an 11th and a 16th place finish, where Tony Finau's best finish is 22nd, okay? Um, we look at recent form-wise, Bruce Kepka's recent form has been, uh, you know, equally hit or miss as Tony Finau, but the upside has been a little bit better. So um, Bruce Kepka's made cuts, where he's made the cut, have been 16th, 28th, and 3rd, whereas Tony Finau's made cuts has been 40th, 19th, and 33rd. So obviously we don't love that. And then once again, Adam Scotch is looking like a much better, safer play, just uh, given, given all that. And then honestly, Jason Day, unfortunate news for him, um, dealing with uh, his mom dying. He had a withdrawal from the API. Uh, once again, this is a course that demands a lot of you mentally. Just don't know where he's going to be at mentally with that with that news, unfortunately. So uh, for me, I'm just going to choose to fade him, even though he does have pretty good course history. All right, so now we're going to get into kind of the lineup path here, and then we'll begin out of here. So let's just go ahead and put in the core plays like we do every week, and then we'll show you guys kind of how it looks like with those uh, four players in there. So we're just going to get it uh, with Adam Scott. We got Matt Fitzpatrick there, and then we're going to put in Jason Kokrak and then Chris Kirk, and then kind of show you guys where you could go from that if you choose to. Once again, the 7K range is loaded, so you could easily fit in you know, like three 9K plays with also um, the 7K uh, players. But just with the core plays, the average mile rank is 20th, which is pretty good. Uh, six for 6% 6 chance, uh, 67, pretty good as well. Uh, stat rank 30th, we, we'd want that number to be better, honestly. That's not the best. Um, but recent form-wise, 29th, you know, that's that's not that good as well. It's, it's okay. Everything is looking like top 30 or better uh, average-wise. That's pretty good. But let's see if we can make it a little bit better. So we got about uh, 20K left over. Let's see what we can do with that. So Usti, you know, should be a safe play. We can put him in there, um, you know, like him as a pick. And then maybe, I don't want to go Xander. I don't know, can we fit JT in there? We can fit JT in there with plenty of room left over. And that's kind of what I'm talking about guys this week is that you can really make any lineup path you want work. Obviously this, this bumps it up to a 70% chance to get six for six across the cut line. That is insane. But that's kind of what it is like this week is that we can get these guys that are great plays at cheap price points, which is going to raise your six for six percent chance up a decent amount, which should make this week much easier. You know, five out of six should be the norm. And just with the increased amount of players in the field, it shouldn't end up playing like a no cut event like the API did because those 30 or so more players in the field uh, this week, add in a little bit more options for people in their fantasy uh, lineups. So, you know, the little decisions in there start to add up and it should decrease the six for 6% chance. And also there's going to be a lot more casual players in there. They're not going to know Chris Kirk. They're not going to know Jason Kolkrak. Heck, they're not going to know Matt Fitzpatrick. They're going to be going more towards these higher name value players. And you just got to hope that someone like Bruce Kepka, who has a higher name value, doesn't go off where he might not be as good of a play at his price point. So, really easy to make a quality build this week. And that's kind of going to be the focus. Just focus on making quality builds, but also kind of mixing and matching them. But that's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please give me a like, subscribe. If you guys want to join 9to5Nation, best value in PGA DFS, $10 a month, get you access to all the tools that you saw in this video, plus a lot more. We've got a little custom model tool in there that's geared up for you guys, the player, the ownership leverage page, the lineup builder. Got it all for you guys. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. Hopefully someone like Chris Kirk, Matt Fitzpatrick, can win. I know Ryan Brem's going to win already. So uh, good stuff there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please give me a like and subscribe. And as always, let's keep cashing.